What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. And action! Hello and welcome to episode 362 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio film to TV to documentary and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to royally F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. I'm Giles Alderson. I'm a writer, director, and a producer. And on today's show, we have Adam Deacon. And Adam sits down to talk to us about his brand new film, Some Otherhood, which he stars in he wrote it and he also directs as a solo director for the first time he's also joined at the end of this episode by his co-writer uh, co-producer and fellow star uh, jazzy zonzolo as well um, but first of all adam deacon sits down with myself and dom Lebois, and he talks about starring in and making films um if you don't know adam deacon you will definitely know his films that he starred in. He was the lead role in Kiddlehood uh, and the sequel Adulthood and then his directorial debut, which he co-directed, called Anotherhood. But as an actor, he starred in um, Ali G in the House, uh, 4321, Bonded by Blood, Jack Falls, Shank, Everywhere Nowhere, um, Payback Season, To Dream, uh, which was shot, which was lensed by um, occasional... Filmmakers podcast host Andy Roger, um, The Bromley Boys, which um, interestingly was produced by Dean Fisher. He's been on the podcast twice, if not three times. Um, Adam has also starred in The Intent to the Come Up Rogue Break, which again was uh, produced by Dean Fisher and also Terry Dwyer. And the pair of them produced um, my directed film, The Stranger in Our Bed. Uh, and after Another Hood, Another Hood, Time Out, a magazine labelled. Adam Deacon, the the new face of youth cinema. And then, in February, won the BAFTA Rising Star Award. And Adam's latest feature film is Some Otherhood, where he stars as Kenneth, and like I say, he wrote, produced, and directed this movie. Some Otherhood is, it's a comedy. Huge, big in-your-face, big-ass comedy. Uh, It's also called a crime drama, but it, it definitely has those elements, but it is... A fantastic balls out comedy uh, it's about Rico and Kane um, which were played by Adam and Jazzy who've got it all big dreams no respect and a 15 grand debt so could things get any worse 
Yes, you bet they can. Um, <laughs> film was also produced by Finn Bruce, the exec uh, by Kevin Bishop, Barry McNichol, and Robert Williams. It was shot, lensed, and um, given its gorgeous look by Simon Stolland. And it was cast by Heather Baston. Uh, the film stars Jennifer Saunders, uh, Danny Sapani, Peter Serafinovich, uh, Ed Sheeran, and Jamie Winston, Kevin Bishop, Richie Campbell, Vass Blackwood, Jeremy Corbyn, and of course Jazzy Zonzado and Adam Deacon. So Adam Deacon, he has had troubles follow him um, during his career as a filmmaker. But what I really like about him is he's come out the other side. He admits it now, you know, he, he had he's diagnosed with bipolar disorder um, and that really affected his career for a while. And now he's, like I say, now he's got himself together. He looks great. He's just made a classic comedy um, British indie film and he's got his career back on track. And it just goes to show, wherever you are in your life, you can rise up um, and you can make things happen for yourself. Because some of the hood was distributed by Paramount Pictures. Paramount Pictures! Picked this up after they'd shot it. It's really, really cool. So, let's get to it. This is myself, Dom Lemoire, chatting with Adam Deacon. And after we've um, had a wonderful chat with him, Jazzy will join us for a follow-on chat. So, sit back, relax, enjoy this. Myself, Charles Alderson, Dom Lemoire, as my fellow host, and... Our guest this week, Adam Deacon. Enjoy. Hey, Adam, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah? Welcome. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure, honestly. And well done, you know. Oh, well done thank on you. your success, you know. it's It's been a journey. Yeah, right? it has, you know, yeah. So, so, well done. How's it feel right now? How are you feeling? It feels really surreal. It feels mad. Um, obviously, it's been an eight-year process getting to this point. Wow. Um, and to be here now... The, the the day of the premiere, um, pretty surreal feeling, yeah. I just feel really proud and, and just really happy, yeah. So what was the genesis of like getting this started from, from the word go, like mm. idea, you know, what you wanted to say about this film that was mm. specific to this? Me and Jazzy, uh, we spent so long, and Michael at the start, um, trying to work out what kind of film we wanted to make. So we spent a long time trying to work out the characters and I felt like, we wanted to, wanted it to be around these two roadmen, right? That obviously on paper you shouldn't necessarily like these characters, but we wanted to make them likable and friendly. And so, yeah, they kind of get up to no good, but you kind of end up rooting for them. That's always what we wanted to do, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, it it was a long process, um, a lot of rejection along the way, a lot of it was kind of us just having to believe in our products and keeping the faith really mm. it's something we talk about a lot you know with our filmmakers is keeping that faith because mm. it can be so hard and can, devastating yeah. and yeah. hurts your heart so much when you put your soul into something yeah. and no one else wants it yeah. and you have to keep knocking down the door yeah. you have to keep doing it what, mm. what was it that worked for you do you think you know if you talk about some of those failures as well over that eight year process mm. I think that would be fascinating but also what what turned the tide what was it you felt that suddenly did um, well yeah it was years of kind of going up for meetings trying to find funding and just getting the same response really like yeah it, it seems like a really good film but we've never really seen this comedy mixed with action and drama and it's never really been done so we're not going to be the first to do it and oh, yeah. I was quite taken back by that if mm, I'm being honest because I thought like look we had a good script uh, 
you know, my, my first film, Another Hood, it done really well successfully. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really think there'd be that much of a struggle to get the film made. But but then it came to a point where I realised we're going to have to try and fund this film ourselves um, and get the film made so that we can show distributors because I felt like that was the only way people were going to really see the vision. So we found the investment, um, big up Robert Williams and Barry McNichol and Kevin Bishop uh, for mm-hmm. seeing you know for seeing the project through when no one else would. And we made the film and it just feels crazy to kind of be at a place where we're being distributed by Paramount UK. It's just, mm. it's mad. Yeah. yeah. So, so how, how did that, like, raising of finance, I mean, how did mm. you how did you go in and pitch this? Like, what was the... I actually had a friend, Leon Black, call me up and say, look, I know you, you're kind of at the end of your tether and I know you're not, you're not up for any more meetings, but I really think you should go to this meeting. And I just met up with Rob, Robert Williams and Barry McNichol in a, I think it was at, like a Turkish restaurant. And... It was really weird because they said they funded the film based on me, really, like mm. not on on the script. They said they never read the script. They just, I think Rob went through his own kind of personal mental health issues, and he always knew that you can recover from a breakdown. Um, mm. And he was willing to give me a chance, and he knew that I could Amazing. do the job. And he took a took a chance on me. Yeah, we found that quite a lot, haven't we? Where people have gone in and presented this whole package you know mm. and they've done the decks and yeah the image reels and and they've got this whole thing they're mm. ready to talk about it and at mm. the end of the day investors invest in people mm. yeah because they see a long-term goal yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it right so and, otherwise it's just a single it's a yeah. single film you know it could be a success mm. it could be a flop mm. but mm-hmm. if you're investing in someone and you sort of believe in them then you've yeah. got five or six you've got like long term and i was really yeah. taken back by that you know mm. at that first meeting when they were like look we want to invest in you mm. and your creativity and it was like I think after so many years of kind of hitting a brick wall and getting rejected and just getting told no, it, it was mad to feel that no, they, you know, there are people out there that, that get the vision. And mm-hmm. and what I love about the whole team is it means so much to the whole team. Everyone has put their whole heart into this, and it's become a real passion project for everyone working on it. What was the kind of the, the vision and, and what you think sold them on on you and this idea? What mm-hmm. was it that kind of drove you to want to make this movie? I feel like I wanted to step the levels up from Anotherhood, and that's kind of how I pitched it. It was like, this is a new, improved version of Anotherhood with more drama, more action, also has a strong message. Um, and yeah, it, it was like, it, I was just really happy that someone finally got what I was trying to do, yeah. Mm. And that feeling is incredible. And and maybe you're the same as us, it's, you still don't believe it? Yeah. Like someone says, yeah, we're going to do it. And you yeah. go, okay. Well, I can't, yeah, yeah, but... if I'm being honest, I can't really believe it now. I can't believe mm. I'm sitting here with you now mm. because, you know, Because you've always wanted it's... to be on the Filmmakers Podcast. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. We hear this from so many guests. Life yeah. goals <laughs> Yeah, no, but honestly, it's like, it's, I think at one point in my career, it just felt like this would never happen. So yeah. it, it does. It, I just, there's many times in the last few days where I've just had to kind of stop myself and pinch myself and think, wow, we actually did this, you know, me and the team, it's, it's mad. What, what do you do when you get to those moments where you, you're thinking about giving up? Are you, are you trying to put in other projects in place as like a sort of something to give you a, a backup mm. or are you just like, I'm all in on this, I'm really going to take some time out to regroup? Because, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it is hard when, you get, when your spirits yeah, get yeah, down yeah. And you get rejected a yeah, lot. Yeah, there was a lot of times we kind of stopped for a little while, regrouped, um, thought of a new strategy. Um, but I feel like, I was really blessed that I had Michael Vu and Jazzy by my side because we were there for each other through, through the whole process. And mm. if one of us was feeling like, oh, you know, I just feel like giving up or we were there to pick the other person up. So, um, yeah, 
it was really amazing working with the team. Mm. Yeah, and this is your first time as a solo director. Mm. Uh, forgive mm. me if I'm wrong, but yep. I feel that's the case. Yep. Was that always your intention to say I am going to direct yeah, this? Yeah, to be honest with you, I always wanted to direct myself. Um, mm. If I'd have had my way, I wouldn't have had a co-director say on another hood because I felt like it was my baby and I wanted to be in control of that. So it was great on this project to to not have to have them fights and you you know you're clashing on certain ideas and it was just I could do my thing and I felt like I always wanted to prove myself to the industry to let them know that look yes you've read things about me in the past that might scare you and but I've been acting since I was 12 years old and mm. I can do this like I've got creativity in my blood like so I feel like I wanted to prove myself. That meant a lot to me, yeah. So how, how do you balance as a director and an actor? Do you have the DOP sort of as like your trusted opinion mm. or, the, or the AD or is it like your friends? Do you watch stuff back? Like how do you kind of gauge your performance when you're in the performance at the same yeah, time? Yeah, it was, it was tricky. I feel like I'd ask people's opinions on set, whoever's behind the monitor, um, whether that be Finn or... Um, or even the makeup girl sometimes. I'd, I'd, I'd literally go up to them and say, well, what do you think? Like, What take do you think? Because nice. you, you kind of want other people's opinions. But I was very much, it, it was quite tricky because you'd be doing a scene and you'd be acting with, say, four actors. You're trying to remember your dialogue and make sure Rico's doing his job. Mm -hmm. But you've always got one eye on what they're doing. And then all of a sudden you'd have to cut in the middle of the scene and mm. run behind the monitor, check out what you've shot. Um, but there was so many times when I was behind the monitor and I was just like, wow. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I can't believe we're getting this footage. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I feel like, especially where we spent so long writing the, the script, it was like, I wouldn't want to give this over to someone else. I feel like I knew this inside out. So, mm. yeah, it felt really natural to, to come and direct it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying I, I co-directed when I sort of first started mm. a little bit. And it was that difficulty. It wasn't difficult. It's tricky. But it's tricky. Yeah, it You've is, got yeah. to make sure that other person has to just... Be, there can only really be one voice mm. so that other person has to just talk to the one yeah. voice who's speaking yeah, you know, or they're more technical yeah so. of course and obviously you know I was a lot younger when I'd done Another Hood so it was kind of mm. trying to prove myself at that time to let people know look I can direct I do know what I'm doing mm -hmm. that was a struggle on Another Hood but we didn't really have that on some other hood I feel like the whole team trusted me we had a really good crew big up Finn Bruce amazing producer mm -hmm. um, yeah everyone worked so hard so, so going in again, your process as a director. Do you, especially when you're acting in something as well, did mm. you go quite in depth trying to make sure that everyone understood your vision in advance? Like, I mean, like the the camera, the you know the yeah. production design. We yeah, were really on. lucky. We had uh, a lot of rehearsal time, which I thought was really important. I pushed for that. Mm. Um, so we had rehearsal time, and we just got to you know just go over it and over it until it was perfect. And what I love about, I'm I'm so proud of the cast, but I feel like. Everyone gave it their all and everyone knew that we were trying to create something different. You know, everyone knew their lines. Everyone came on set and they just they just smashed it, yeah. Mm. That must have been fascinating for you. But jumping on Dom's uh, question a little bit, did did you spend time like doing like decks and vision boards and storyboards? How was um, that? A lot of it was kind of talking, talking what I wanted because I feel like being an actor myself... I felt like I knew how to communicate with another actor to kind mm. of get what we needed out of them. Um, it wasn't always easy because not everyone was an actor. You know, you've got musicians and politicians. Sure. And, but I yeah. felt like if there's just a way that I can get what I need, sometimes with Jeremy, it'll be like, I would say the line and he would repeat it. Right. So he'd literally copy how I'm doing it. And so there was many methods. Um, but as long as we got what we wanted, 
on the monitor, I was just happy, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and working with DP then as well, and working like in that world yeah. and playing with cameras. Was that interesting? Because obviously people say sometimes in a comedy, oh, you don't really need to move the cameras as much, mm. or you can just... Actually, no, and you did a lot, and especially with the action. Mm. There was a lot going on. Yeah. It was really interesting. I, I feel it was very like well done. some of the hardest parts of the film was actually the fight sequences, mm. because we tried to do a lot in a very short space of time. You know, it was quite a low-budget film. We didn't have that much time. So a lot of it was experimenting. We had a great stunt coordinator. He helped out so much. And, um, but yeah, we wanted to experiment with cameras, with drones. Mm. Uh, we always had two cameras on set. It's just to capture everything. We didn't want anything not to be captured. So, mm. And I think when, when you're doing comedy, it's easy, you know, if you was to work with one camera, then you're, you've got another actor off camera and they, they've done something so amazing mm. you haven't actually captured it so I knew it was important to have two cameras at all times Was it yeah. also important to be kind of mobile so you could you could move quickly with you know the yeah. actors moving and the stunts and that Well Simon's of... amazing at what he does and Simon we, we spent a lot of time trying to give some other hood its look its feel um, obviously Simon worked on Blue Story mm. and that was a lot more gritty it was a drama and it was like we wanted this just to to have a kind of feel that it said comedy, and I feel like we spent a long time in the grade trying to m experiment with different colours, and, and I feel like it's got a real kind of music video feel to mm -hmm. it, a look, which I'm really proud of, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, it comes across totally. Thank you, you. You hit that vision, absolutely. And even all the artwork and everything for mm. this film, it's really cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. It feels fresh, even yeah. though you, you sort of have seen this sort of look, but yet this feels mm. fresh, even when I've seen all the billboards. I've gone, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. It stands out. Definitely it stands, stands out. out. Yeah, it's got yeah. its own well, voice. Do you know, I've got to thank Paramount UK for that because, like, we were. It was really collaborative. You know, mm. the way we worked, and they listened to my ideas, and I'd listen to their ideas, and I thought like what we captured through the posters and through the trailer, it just had the right balance of what we needed. Really, mm. I feel like it's got you know the throwback to another hood, the nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was really happy with how Paramount made it all happen yeah yeah that's nice when did they in. when did they come on did they come on like you said before we wanted to shoot it get it out there and then show distributors mm. was that yeah. the case did you yeah. finish it right. yeah we finished the movie um we still had a lot of work to do when we started showing distributors but there was enough of a movie for them to see what we had i mean we still had to put the score in and mm -hmm. um and a bit of adr and stuff like that but but we had a film to show people um and yeah it was it was amazing when we 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 stepped into Paramount because it felt like that was our home. They got it. Mm. And it was really crazy for me to get my head around the fact that it's not often that Paramount would take on a film like this. Mm -hmm. So mm. we feel really privileged. I know the whole team feel really privileged that we've managed to to get that deal across the line, really. Yeah. yeah. What were some of the things that maybe they they had uh, they wanted to? I mean, was there much um, notes in terms of okay, maybe we can change this or mm. maybe we can play with this, or was it kind of more like okay, we like this bit and let's strengthen this? Yeah, um, I think one of the main notes. I always wanted to go for quite a long comedy, right? So I was kind of in my own world, thinking you see all these kind of you know these movies like superhero films mm -hmm. and they're like three hours long sometimes, and yeah. I was like could we get away with having <laughs> a kind of action yeah. comedy that goes on for that long? And everyone was like, Ad, you're going a bit mad. And yeah. Yeah. 
I, I kind of had to realise, no, I think what Power Mac done, yeah. we, we spent time cutting it down, making it snappier. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really happy with the edit. I really am, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly, it, like the energy is very, very high yeah. all the way from the start to the end, which is quite an achievement for a, a two-hour film like, yeah. to, to keep that level yeah. of, of pace up. So. Yeah, I think I've got to shout out Jazzy and Richie Campbell because they kept the energy at like 100 at all times so I don't know how they kept the energy all the way through it was amazing well let's talk about that then in terms of your energy because it's so hard directing a movie anyway mm. you're also the lead in it you know you're in the movie yeah so how does that how, like you say how did you manage your energy levels how did you manage your brain space well I feel like normally when you're acting on a film set you've got a lot of time you know in the green room and waiting and mm -hmm. so I'd normally go over my lines and I'd be acting out how I want to do the scene kind of on the day as well but with this being a director I didn't have that that opportunity so I knew I had to be word perfect months before uh, we started pre-production yeah so I was there kind of going through my lines yeah weeks weeks and months kind of spending that time doing that um so that when I was on set I could just focus on the directing I knew Rico at the back of my hand it was like we had that so yeah there was like a time and a place for everything really yeah mm -hmm. Can you talk about the music and like how that informed like you know the whole tone and the style of it? Yeah, the music was really important to me. I feel like that was one of the the main things I wanted to get right because I knew that yeah you can make a great film but if the music wasn't authentic and it wasn't right, people just turn off. Um, we were really blessed with great music supervisors. Um, a lot of the artists supported us, let us have their music, let us have right, right let us have the rights to their their music. Um, yeah, I, I was really taken back by the level of support we had with the artists as well, actually, yeah. Big mm. up Skepta and Idris Elba and Fanatics. Mm. It was like, yeah. Because like the start, the start of the music, it's, it's the start of the movie, it's the music and it's the, you know, the cinematography mm. that like really grabs you and, and kind of yeah. set, sets the yeah. tone for it. Yeah. Was that always like, was that always clear in your mind, that opening to the film? It was. I knew how I wanted the opening sequence, probably like when we first started eight years ago. I knew what track I wanted. I knew I wanted to kind of mix in the kind of comedy with Rico and Kane driving around in. In, in East London, but also at the same time have riot footage just to kind of remind the audience where Rico and Kane are from and the world they live in, that it's not all comedy. There's some real life issues there as well. So just hopefully subtly we've done that with the music and mm. yeah. Mm. And Ed Sheeran coming on board as well. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, did, did you know him? Did, was it just you shouted out to him? No, how, I always knew. I always knew we wanted Ed in the film, right? right? But I didn't know how we were going to make that happen. And Kevin Bishop, uh, yeah. one of the producers on the film. And brilliant comedian as well. Yeah, brilliant, amazing say. comedian. Yeah. Um, he reached out to Ed and we managed to have a FaceTime. And he was like, yeah, look, I grew up with Anotherhood, you know, I went to see it three times with my mates wow. and I'd love to be in the film. So I was Stop like, it, it was right. like, wow, okay. Yeah. And he's like, look, I don't really want to play myself. I'd love to give acting a proper chance. And I think when I heard that, I was like, Okay, how far can we push this? <laughs> I want the world to see Ed Sheeran yeah, that they've yeah. never seen him before. I mean, we, we did. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that because he didn't take what he done too serious. He, yeah. he takes what he takes the art really serious, but mm -hmm. he doesn't. He didn't take the comedy. Yeah. He didn't take himself too serious. And yeah. um, he's a perfectionist. You know, he learnt his lines. It was really dialogue heavy. Mm -hmm. He improvised and it made the edit and. Yeah, he's, we've become really good friends now. Yeah, that's amazing. Was was that always the idea to do that like that that sort of caliber of scene with him? Like, did he was he on board straight away, or did he need a bit of talking around? Because I mean, it's quite it's quite out of his usual bubble. Yeah, of, of, I think obviously you know where he um, he watched Novelhood. I think he was 
uh, a big fan of Ashley Waters' performance mm. of a crackhead in another hood. So it was like, <laughs> could we do the Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran version, basically? Yeah, right. That's yeah. brilliant. Um, and what happens when you uh, had issues on set? You know, because we all go through the dark days where things aren't going right, or there's a problem with the mm. camera look mm. or performance, whatever it is. How did you? get around something like that how do you cope in those situations i feel like compared to how i worked on another hood i learned to deal with the stress so much better you know obviously mm. I've, I've grown up uh, you know i'm a lot older now than what i was mm. um but i just remember everything was a big thing on another hood like if something went wrong i was like oh my god it's the end of the world and yeah. but i learned through the process of trusting your team you know, you've got great people around you, trust in them, understand they do this, this is their job. So there's always going to be a way. Uh, again, I've got to be got Finn Bruce, um, always had a way of um, dealing with any obstacle that came up. Um, Jazzy, uh, we were like brothers on set, so he was very calming at times when I just needed to have a chat and let off some steam, he'd be there for me. Um, but I think it was really the team that got us through it. You know, there mm. was always someone that could deal with any problem that arises. Yeah, that, that support network is so important. Yeah. And and also just the, you know, the atmosphere you create on yeah. set being somewhere that's like friendly and, you know, open to creativity and trying, yeah. sort of, you know, exciting yeah. stuff out. So yeah. that's great. And it sounds like you exactly did that. Like you were, you know, talking to the makeup artist and saying, actually, what did you think? Mm. And that, makes people feel oh, involved. involved I'm allowed to have yeah, a voice yeah, yeah, yeah. and therefore people feel safe so when there is a problem people go out their way to help more of course yeah. a lot of filmmakers forget that they think I'm in charge no you'll do what I mm. say and then people stop working for you yeah. so it seems like you created a brilliant environment no we set. had a really good vibe on set I, nice. I felt like I missed out sometimes because I'd look over and I'd, yeah, yeah, I'd see, see Jazzy and the rest of them on set like yeah. having a laugh when they're waiting, waiting around to go on set and I, and I always had something to do but um, yeah there was a lot of banter there was a lot of vibes it was, it was a lovely set yeah what do you feel like you learnt specifically on this film um, you know going forward as a director maybe is there, is there anything like any scenes or mm. you know, things in the edit that you realise it's like okay next time mm. this, this I really you know I've, I've really learnt from this I think I learnt to trust the process a lot more um, trust that everything has its time and place and that um, you know, you might you might be shooting a scene on set and you feel like, oh, I didn't quite capture that. I didn't, oh, I don't think we got it. And then you go back to the edit and you realise, no, you have got it. Actually, look at that take there. Look at that shot mm. there. That's exactly what I wanted. So it's kind of like just realising that you're, it's going to be okay, you know. It's going to be fine at the end of the day and you've got a great team around you. Everything will be fine. Just trust the process. Mm. And I suppose n nothing is perfect in every single take. Mm. But, you know, if you've got a good cinematographer mm. on set, you've got a good script supervisor, mm. you're, you're going to be able to piece things, you know, good editors, yeah, you're going yeah, to piece yeah. things together. And we had amazing editors. You know, I was in the edit all the way through. And like with me, I want to see everything in the edit. I don't want anything like to be left out. I want to see every shot, every take. Um, and then just kind of, mix match the best of it really put it all together and and get the comedy out of it that way mm. did you find in the edit sometimes that especially if you're um sort of improvising a little bit mm. and i know you, you're you're not massive improvisation yeah. fan but at the same time especially when it's not seasoned performers mm. they won't do the same continuity yep. how did you deal with that in the edit did you just go well the scene works so i'm not bothered or yeah 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 there was many times where i'll be doing a scene and i'll be like i'm not sure that's going to work like but yeah I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But then you get to the edit, you've got fresh, you've got fresh eyes. Yes. You're, you're in a different place mm -hmm. when you're in the edit room. Um, and, you're re and you realise, actually, okay, maybe I was wrong. Maybe that does work. And there was little things you find, like 
you know, Ed Sheeran improvising on set. Um, yeah. He he made that remix himself. The <laughs> If your balls don't smell like they used to before, that was Ed. He improvised that. He come out of it. And I was like, that's got to stay in the edit. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Did, did everything shot make it into the, the movie? Like, mo- you know, all the scenes at least. Uh, and was there anything you needed to pick up or do? No, um, there's quite a bit that got cut out of the film because like I said, we, mm, we had quite a long script. Epic. Yeah, we had, we had quite an epic film in a sense of it was quite long. Mm. Um, but I feel like, you know, we... I'm really happy with the edit we've got. I feel like it's snappier. I feel like, I remember when I was talking to the guys at Paramount, they were like, look, Adam, you've got to realise a lot of it is funny. So you don't don't worry about losing a little bit of funniness. It's okay mm-hmm. to lose something. Um, the, the main thing is getting the story going at a rapid pace. And yeah, I'm happy. I hope one day maybe I could do a director's cut so I can get to show the world some of the stuff we lost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd like that. Was it difficult balancing the comedy and the drama? Because it's you know you, you, it, there's moments when you mm. have to obviously go in quite deep into the drama stuff, mm. and then there's obviously there's a lot yeah. of comedy in it. I think that part all came down to the writing. I feel like with me, Michael, and Jazzy, we spent a long time trying to carve out how it was going to flow into you know wild comedy mm. into quite a serious scene where you've got real gangsters saying some real serious things. So we tried to navigate it uh, in a way where it wouldn't surprise us on set. We kind of, when we were on set, we knew how we were going to do it, yeah. Mm. You've talked brilliantly in the past as well um, about mental health and Mm. issues, you know, sort of going, okay, how do I get from here to here? And dark times. Moving forward in terms of your next film, Mm. not just actually making the film, but in terms of those times when it, hopefully it's not eight years before you make another film. What what do you think you, you might do and mentally, sort of, because what's great about now as well is people are talking about it. It's World mm. Mental Health Day today. Yep. And people are being very open about, mm. which we weren't allowed to do before. Of course, people yep. were ostracized mm. for that, yep, and you yep, were. Yep, it was yep, unfair. Definitely, yeah. And mm. now you're very open about it and saying, mm. actually, this is okay to talk mm. about. Mm. How do you feel about that now, and especially moving forward to the next film? Yeah, I feel like when we first started writing this film, you know, I, I'd look online and I'd see some of the stuff that was written about me and I'd, I'd, I'd think to myself, wow, this is quite scary for a lot of people to read this. Mm-hmm. And I knew that one day, if I could get this film um, across, you know, if I can make this film, then I've got to kind of touch on certain issues that I went through. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt like not only was it therapeutic for me, but I felt like I had to take some kind of ownership in that. And to realise that, let's just talk about it. If I don't have to take this that serious and be scared of it, then you don't have to be that scared of it either. And I feel like, yes, I wanted to kind of get people talking about mental health, especially for young men to realise it's okay to talk about stuff. Um, I love the fact that Kane in the film, you know, he he often mentions, you know, have you taken your meds? Mm. Rico's got bipolar, like, you know, I've got bipolar. So even though me and Rico are totally different characters, obviously there's certain things that are similar so I think the overall thing was that I wanted to start a conversation and I wanted to let people know you don't have to be scared you know Mm. I just wanted to break down that stigma of mental health and that's such a great message and and when you can watch a film and you can identify with something that's that's really challenging Mm. that you might be going through personally Mm. that's such a great reward to give to the audience yeah I think that's yeah that's something that's universal for sure yeah no absolutely um and so like I said you want to direct again right I do I love directing isn't it amazing yeah there's something magical about it yeah it it. is magical Mm. like I felt so blessed like I'd count my blessings every day like I honestly love directing I love the whole process I love doing the school 
score, the edit, the everything that you know, everything that is part of directing. Um, yeah, you know, I hope it's not a ten year wait before I get to direct mm. again. I'd also like to work on other people's work mm. and put my stamp on someone else's script as well. So mm. it's exciting, yeah. Is there, any, is there any like genres or you know other directions that you're interested in exploring? I love horror. I love mm. drama. Mm. Um, yeah, I definitely want to. I don't only want to stick to comedy. You know, when when I started in my career, there was a lot more drama that I'd be part of mm. and stuff. So I don't want to lose that. Um, but comedy, I, I think comedy and drama always are very closely linked anyway. And, yeah. and, and you know, the yeah. comedy can often disguise the drama yeah. underneath. So it's well, for me, it was like when I was doing films like Kidhood and all that, like my character Jay at the time, it was written quite aggressive and quite obnoxious. And, and I wanted to improvise a little bit. I, I actually got in trouble on set for improvising too much. But I was like, I needed to add, I felt like I wanted to add a little bit of lightheartedness to a character like Jay. And when that film came out, and I realised that some of the lines that I improvised actually worked and people were laughing, that's when I kind of reached out to Michael Vu and I was like, I think we need to take comedy a little bit more serious. And if it can work on a film like Kiddo, then actually let's go full out and make a comedy film. And yeah, mm. it feels good doing that, yeah. I love that. Uh, and finally, a little bit of advice for directors and, and actors mm. out there, and if they want to make their film, mm. what would you, what's the, the, the best bit of advice you think you could give them? I think, the main, I think the main bit of advice I could give is to never give up. And I know you hear that a lot, but mm. it would have been so easy for us to just think, you know what, this is not going anywhere, let's just stop now. And we would never have been here now. So it's like, if you've got an idea, find a way, you know. Everyone's got a camera phone now. You've got things like YouTube. You can upload things online. Mm. I feel like if you've got a good idea and you've got a good concept, there's always going to be some way to find an audience. And... Step by step, don't expect everything all at once. But if you if you work hard, you learn your craft, then anything's possible. Yeah, amazing. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Adam Deacon. The film. Adam Deacon, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for chatting. Yeah. Pleasure. Some other hoodies out in cinemas now. Check it out. Check Go it watch out. It. So that was Adam Deacon. Joining myself, Dom Noir, at the Soho Hotel um, in one of their rooms. They also filmed this episode as well. So hopefully, if I've put it up there, it will be on YouTube. Um, so do go watch us bumble our way through trying to be presenters <laughs> with a camera on us. Um, yeah, we do our best. Um, but Adam's amazing. And also Jazzy as well. Jazzy Zonzolo, he joins us next. Um, we, have a, we have about a six-minute chat with him and Adam talking about the writing process, what it was like making the script together, and also what it was like producing together. Jazzy has starred in the movie uh, Water and Fire, It's a Lot, Feds, and Another Hood. Before we dive in with Adam and Jazzy, why don't we play the trailer? for some other hood for you. Fancy it? I have no choice. Here it is. Start from the beginning. Yo, Bizzle, click like it's showtime. Is it some type of prank or something? This ain't no prank, rude boy. This is Crime Watch UK live and direct in your face. Click like. Hey, Sprinkle. If you wanted to play with a big, hard toy, then you should have just asked. You know, man was just joking, innit? Shut up, you dickhead. Leave it, yeah? Seriously, I can explain. Ah! Allow it, painting Alexa. Stop the music, fam. Sorry, fam. Click, clack. Pussy, I was trying to rub this. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah.
a laughing stop, man. I'm out here looking for redemption, bruv. Are you on it or not? Yeah, I'm on it, cuz. We're gonna get some more soldiers. I'm gonna call my man them, innit? I ain't got time for your CBBC man them, blood. This time, we do something that's gonna finally put us on the map. Give me everything you got! Pals, 10p's, 5p's, and even the brown pennies! You want the pennies? Fuck me, how much longer is this gonna take? <laughs> ring, ring, pussy, it's your mummy on the phone. <laughs> Rico and Kane, bang bang, all day midday. Man said all day midday. I love that. You're a bad man, yeah? They don't call me bipolar boy for nothing, you know? Allow it, man! You are beautiful. Hold on. Hello. <laughs> Can't you see this? He's a double yellow light. What's you not saying? What the fuck, man? That's nasty! Can you not do that? I'm going to need some more of your brother. Allow it, waste man. You are not sick! Who is Rico? Click clack! It's, it's Rico and Kane! Try to lock me up like some cage animal. This ain't 12 years of slave, cuzzy. This is some otherhood. Your balls don't smell like they used to see Can you shut the fuck up? I'm trying to watch Gogglebox! eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome. Yes, man. Thank you for having us. Pleasure. You worked together on the script. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Moo. Yeah. Yeah, with Michael as well. How was that? You know, I know you did. It was a crazy process. Yeah, obviously I worked with Michael Vu on Another Hood. I think he's an amazing writer. Um, So great at what he does. Um, But this was a process of like us three coming together, just spending a lot of time with the script. You know, it's gone through so many changes over the years, and we just wanted every word to be thought out. Every sentence had to have a kind of flow to it, and yeah, we thought about. Every little detail Every to it, yeah. Every little detail of this film, seriously. Mm. Is, that, is that a lot of workshopping? Like, do you like to get together and get, get a bunch of the actors there and, and like, say stuff out loud? No, how, how we worked is uh, me and Jazzy would improvise a lot. Mm, uh, we yeah. would spend time improvising and then I'd be there writing down some of the stuff that worked. Um, Michael kind of, he prefers sometimes to work in his own own way at home, going through some of the ideas that we've had and then perfecting it and kind of sometimes doing a blueprint yeah, for certain yeah, scenes yeah. um but i feel like yeah it was everyone everyone kind of works their own way but when you put it all together we just kind yeah, of created yeah, some yeah, otherhood yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and obviously from your previous work did you 
bring that into the characters and that was that something that was really important as well yeah i feel like for me it was always important to have the the same style of comedy that another hood had mm. um had the same nostalgia but then added a bit of a different dimension to it you know adding the drama and the action having some kind of messages in there setting it in an authentic setting um but just try and do something that hasn't really been done before in the uk mm. you know that kind of that that fast-paced energy we wanted to see it in a we, we, in a we, British film. Yeah, I feel like um, when we kind of started the process, we 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 looked at the American films and was just like, like just look at those films like Rush Hour and stuff like that, and we just looked at the UK and was like, Rob, we don't actually have that, and we just wanted to kind of just you know have our own little version and just our own spin of things, mm. innit? Mm. Mm. Was that was that level of energy in the script or was that something that sort of came in more with the casting and the working with the actors? No, it, I feel like it was definitely in the script, but then when you obviously work with actors, like when there's one thing, like writing a line for Jazzy, but then when you see Jazzy perform the line, he yeah. brings so much energy into it. Like, I remember doing a bank scene, I was like, Jazz, are you <laughs> sure you're going to be able to keep yeah. this energy for the next five takes we've got to do? And he did, and yeah. like... And obviously, you know, every actor works differently, but yeah, I feel like every actor brought what they needed to to make that we had a good team. work. We had an a, amazing we had a really team. good team. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and let's talk about the script writing process a little bit more for us then mm. in terms yeah. of, you, are you doing like a treatment first? Are you just going, let's chuck it down? No, we, I think we've done everything. No, we, yeah. we started off um, getting our ideas. We spent a long time Talking. on just the basics yeah. of what we wanted the film to be. Yeah. yeah. Like what kind of characters were these guys going to be? We spent a lot of time and then then we wanted to write a synopsis yeah. and that's when Michael got in bo- My, on board. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was just kind of like just us, literally just how we, we are now, like we, me and Adam would just literally sit down and just talk mm. and we would talk and talk. It's and like, talk. no, that's not good enough. Yeah. Let's get better. Let's we get can better. get better than we that. We can going. get a funnier joke than that. Mm. Yeah, just constant in trying to improve ourselves, really. And yeah. then all of a sudden you start seeing us, like once we started getting to the flow of things, you'll see Adam standing up and he's acting out certain things and we're like, yeah, dude, let's keep that. And then mm. the process just starts to happen and then Michael comes down and then, you know, he puts his blueprint in as well and yeah we're kind of blessed really mm. yeah we've got we're, we're blessed to kind of like have I think that it's process. nice that we're all on the same page yeah. with what we're trying to make mm. as well did that that kind of improvisation go into like the, the you know the shoot and the edit as well like were you were um, you kind of still changing stuff or did you doesn't stick like quite improvisation doesn't like oh, no. yeah so i'm kind of, it's really weird for me because obviously when i'm an actor and i've worked on other previous jobs i do quite a bit of improvisation myself but I feel like when I'm directing, I don't think it's just a directing thing. I think when we've worked so hard on our script and we thought about every word, I'm a stickler for keeping to the script. So what I normally do is have a few takes where we get what we need from the script. And then if we've got the time, experiment a little bit more, improvise. But we did we did let people improvise. Um and it worked. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah some of it doesn't right. work, but some of it does work and it we kept it in the edit, yeah. Mm. And the producing side again together as well. How yeah. how is that? Because this is like that was that it, was amazing, man. That I feel like it just it just comes naturally yeah. because like this is yeah. our baby. Like we yeah. created this, yeah. so I feel like producing was just that the we next thing that we yeah. had to do. Yeah, we had to do it because we just knew everything. Like it was me and Adam just know exactly how. What, what like from what the clothes? Want. Yeah, we yeah. just knew everything. Like what we wanted from the clothes to the music to mm-hmm. everything. So yeah. yeah. 
And we we had a great team as well, you know. Big up Finn Bruce, big up Harry McNichol, Rob, Kevin, Michael. Everyone cared about this project and there was a lot of heart behind it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and you can see that. Well done, guys. Thank Thank you, man. Seriously, thank you. Best luck with the movie. Thanks so much. Thank you. So that was Adam Deacon and Jazzy Zonzolo for you, talking about their feature film, Some Otherhood, which is out in cinemas. Now, go support. Um, it's really cool. It's really fun. You'll have a great night out. Oh, yeah. Um, so coming up for you, next week, we have, if all goes to plan, Foe director, F-O-E, director Garth Davis. He is also the director of Lion. His debut movie. This is his third movie. Uh, and it's called Folk, and it stars Saoirse Ronan and Paul Mescal. Yeah, yeah, it's that good. Um, anyway, that's coming up for you next week. Until then, what are you doing this week to make your film, your TV show happen? What are you going to do about it? How are you getting your film ready? Are you getting your pitch ready? Are you going to think about that pitch? Are you going to think about what you're going to say? Are you going to find a DP? You're going to finish that script. Wherever you are now, if you're, if you're on a cycle ride, if you're on the tube, or if you're in the bath, um, I hope that you're thinking about that. Because that's what I want. And I want to hear from you. Get in touch at thefilmmakerspodcast at gmail.com. So until next Tuesday, go out there and make your film. Make it happen. Believe in yourself. And if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it is your duty to send the elevator back down. Uh, So until then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.